The Reality Podcast. Real conversations about life, love, and business. With me, Jason Ree. This is The Reality. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of The Reality Podcast. I am here with Mihoko Chida, who is shipped here freshly from Bangkok, Thailand. Hello, Mihoko Chida. <laughs> I took an airplane, <laughs> like normal humans. <laughs> Miho, can I call you Miho? Sure. You prefer Miho or are you back to Mihoko? No, I think certain people call me Miho and certain people call me Mihoko. Okay, Mihoko. Doesn't matter though. I Miho, don't I'm going to call her Miho. That's okay, how I know Because that's Miho. how you know me. Now, yes. She is an elementary school principal at Verso International School in Bangkok, yep. Thailand. Um, as an, I'm not going to say actual educator because I call myself an educator, but you're an actual educator. <laughs> Because you actually... Everyone is an educator. Is everybody an educator? Well, everybody tries to be. (laughs) Some people probably shouldn't. Well, thank you for being here. Of course. I'm excited. It's my first podcast. Yes. It's been my lifelong dream. Well, uh, the reason I want to connect that back is because if it is really your lifelong dream, I have to say... You also helped one of my lifelong dreams come true because you and Sue hired me to do a charity event in 2009. That was 2009? It was. It was. I looked up the flyer. That's a long time ago. I know. But we actually met in 2008. Wow. You did some research. Well, I kind of just did some light research because I'm an educator. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very impressed as a fellow educator. I'm impressed with your research But also, did we... We we had met through I, I, I essentially I won you in my in my breakup. Yes. Yes. Well, one loss. That's up to whoever to decide that. <laughs> I you won. Win? You may have Did lost. Did you win? Oh, uh, <laughs> so um, I met Miho through um, one of my ex-boyfriends. Yes. And I was lucky enough to maintain my friendship with you, which is rare. (laughs) And um, I think your life is so fascinating because you essentially, were you, you were teaching here in the States. Yes. So I taught at a public school. A public school. In a low socioeconomic area. Where was that? In Garden Grove. Garden Grove. That's where I was born. No way. Well, Anaheim. But I lived in Garden Grove up until like, I was younger. It's close. It's close. It's still it's close. Orange County, There's, inland Orange County. It was like all near the least. It's sandwich. the non-bougie it was, Orange County. Yeah, so yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. It's yes. the Asian. It yes. was the immigrant Orange yes. County. So I taught in Garden Grove, but before that, I taught. Um, my first year of teaching was actually in the Crenshaw area. Oh, okay. So I worked in LA Unified for a year. Ooh, LA Unified. It was a very interesting year. That is very interesting. Yes. I always think of like, what was that Johnny Depp show? Where he like sneaks into Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah, that's what I th- when I think of like LA Unified. Is that what is was that the experience? Yeah, but when I think Twenty One Jump Street, I think Channing Tatum. Now, oh yeah, that's come right. on, yeah. get with the program. Yeah, it's changed. I mean, but are we allowed to like him anymore? Is he canceled? Channing Tatum? I think he's canceled. He's less canceled than Johnny Depp. No, Johnny Depp is not canceled. He's he's re-evangelized himself. Hmm, that's questionable. Oh, are you Team Amber Heard? I'm Team Nobody. That trial was a disaster. It was. It was. It was terrible. It was really sad. But you know who won in that trial? That ler- that lawyer, Johnny Depp's attorney. Oh, really? I mean, she. Well, yeah, for she, sure. Well, she won, but yes. she also like got all of the good press. I don't think anyone won there. Really? Yeah, it was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, not that we find it funny to be abused. That's not funny. No, not at all. Yeah. But it was just, it. every time you, like, watched the news, it was 
It just yeah, got worse. It was, it was yeah, terrible. Yes. So, so yeah. really an, another situation yes. where nobody wins. Nobody is a winner there. Nobody is a winner. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> going back. <laughs> but we're not Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. No, we're yes, not. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, we're we, more winners. We are winners. More winning than them. True. Yes. True. Yes, yes, yes. So, <laughs> so you, so what made you, what made you decide to, and essentially what was the first opportunity that you got out of teaching in the States? So I think, you know, working at a public school is not um, easy. Yeah. So I think, you know, like yesterday. Okay, the sirens also coincidentally right at the public school mention is so, <laughs> so, so appropriate. That's not a sound effect that you added. That's to Noah. Make he's he's mixed Gosh, Noah, you're amazing. Yeah, I got to put in the sound effects too. <laughs> no, t- teaching at a public school, um, like the other day I was at Target, back to school stuff's already in oh, the stores. Shit. And um, I saw somebody like looking through the spiral notebooks because they go on sale. And I used to go and buy them, and they would always have, like, a limit of 10, but I had 36 students. So I'd have to, like, go and buy 10, then go buy another 10, and go buy another 10. That's what public school teachers do. We so, buy our own things. Yes. Yeah, so okay, so I watched an episode of What Would You Do? Where do you remember that show? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Great show. If you yes. haven't seen it, we're not sponsored by them, but great show. <laughs> but you can call if you would like to be <laughs> sponsored. If if um, if John Keonis would love to do the podcast, <laughs> but basically it's a show where they put people in life situations and then they they like can camera you to see if you react. And there was yes. one where like a school teacher didn't have enough money to buy what they, was in their yes. carts, and then they started taking out like their milk and eggs and yes. seeing if other people would help. Has that ever happened to you? Have I sacrificed my own food <laughs> to buy notebooks for students? That sounds like a no. No. That sounds like a no. No. But I yeah. everything in the classroom I bought myself. Wow. Yeah. I had 36 students and I think I had enough textbooks. But That's insane. I've been in situations where we didn't have enough textbooks. So you know, I mean, I'm trying to think about because I went to – I am a child of public school. So am I. And if I remember correctly – I don't remember ever having to share my books, but I can't. Maybe I've also blackened out some of those memories. Well, and the other thing, too, is in all fairness, textbooks are probably not the best tool to use in a yeah. classroom. So I, I think it gave me permission to not use the textbook. So you can yeah. be creative and do other things than read one chapter out of a novel in your textbook for language arts. So, so OK, so what got you into teaching in general? Just what was your first job? I knew you were going to ask me that. Okay. So I had to do as so. You are, as you are a listener of the podcast. I am a, I am a devoted listener to the podcast. Um, I did have to think about it. My first job, and I don't think this job exists anymore, is I worked at a travel agency. Oh, they do exist. Okay. So I was in charge of filing all the brochures for all the cruises and oh, all the hotels. that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> that doesn't exist anymore. And so I had to, like, when I started, it was this, like, giant table of and bookshelves of flyers. Like the collateral, the sales collateral. Like Is that they, what it's called? Yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like the brochure, like the yes. pamphlet, yes. the, the, yes. the, the, the guy, the, you know, the venue yes. guide. Yeah. So then I had to organize and file all those and then take out all the expired ones. Cause those were like expired. Yes. Yes. Yeah. They're and then seasonal. I, like, I remember I made all the files for all by, by continent. Ooh, I love alphabetical this. Alphabetical order by also, country. Also, job interview. For yeah. I'm, you know, <laughs> I would love to help anyone else who would need some organizational systems in their business. She's talking about me, everybody. She's talking about me. Okay, wait. So, okay. So your first job was at a travel agency. Yes. But, 
But that's was, not like high school. Was education something that you just? I always, always wanted to be a teacher. You always wanted to like be a teacher. every a lot of kids do. Like I always say this, like you know, when you're a kid, we I don't like to ask this question of kids, but lots of times adults ask kids, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" Yeah. And in school, you learn about community members. You know, there's firefighters, there's lawyers, there's doctors, but we know wedding that, planners. We didn't learn about wedding planners. <laughs> I know we should have been. Think about all your friends and all their jobs. Yeah. You didn't learn about any of those jobs. No, no, not at all. You didn't learn about any of that. And so I I just I think most people oh, I start out saying I want to be a firefighter or I a did. baker. That was actually right? what I wanted <laughs> right. to be when I was like, yeah. And most people grow out of it. And but I never did. did. I just wanted to always be an educator. The glamorous life of educating <laughs> and buying school supplies. Yeah. It's not that yeah. Well, I love school supplies. I do love – okay, so I used to – I was a terrible student academically, but, um, like, participation-wise, I, I crushed it. Okay. I was the opposite. Oh, uh, okay. I was very quiet in school. My citizenship was, like, amazing. It my, was my grades were – Yeah. My penmanship was fantastic, Ooh. but I did not socialize, and I was oh, very, very quiet. Literally the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Together, we would have made, like, the perfect student. The perfect student. Yeah. Yeah. The model minority. Now we're just trying – yeah. We, terrible. <laughs> I know. Terrible. Okay. Now we're just half of a model minority. <laughs> I mean, I think now I've, I've definitely gone the complete yeah, other way. Yeah, for sure, for no. sure. No one would describe me as quiet. But now. back to school shopping was so fun and dangerous, and because I would, I would yes. always want the newest thing. Yes, newest trapper keeper. Jansport. I would get the Jansport, oh, like the newest Jansport. Your, and Costco parents, used to start. Well, Jan, nice. they started. They started. Costco started carrying them at one point. Oh yes, I remember. So it was like it was aggressive. Like you had yes. to go there, and yes. you had to, if you didn't get the right yes. one, if you didn't get there early, yes. you got the shitty color well and you wanted the ones with like the leather like yes, support the, yes on the on yes, the bottom yes because i also so your textbooks don't break the backpack i never used a locker which is also why i think mm. i'm short what because i i never used my locker because i didn't want to have to go on like all the way to the you know the boonies to get my is boonies also allowed am i allowed to say boonies is that is that canceled i don't know i don't live in this country oh that's true that's true <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like you know when your like locker is just far and you yes. have like barely any time, and I was too yes. busy chatting and you know probably snacking. Yes, that I just kept all of my books in my backpack, so I had like a giant like five hundred pound backpack, which but I think stunted my growth in high school, middle school to high school. Uh, okay, I all mean right. I think every grade to be honest. I also failed PE. <laughs> I PE was the only grade. I mean only class I never got an A in. I failed it. Like, no, I, I had a really bad attitude. I dressed out every day. I never like, dressed out. I dressed out every day and actually participated in, like, the physical fitness test. I was okay. But I had I, – I could never get a B. I mean, I could never get a higher than a Why B. would you not get in? I had a really bad attitude. Oh. It was the only class I had a bad attitude in in high school. Like, what, like give me an example. So we used to – because I grew up in – I went to high school in Huntington Beach. Okay. And so we used to ha- – and the school was really close to the beach. So during PE, we would have to go and run to the beach and then back. I'd just go and sit on a park bench and wait for people to come back. That was like me in the mile. Well, first of all, looking back now as an educator, I really questioned how come there weren't any adults with us. Like they let a bunch of high school kids run to the beach and uh, back. Oh, that's true. See, because now I'm an educator. I'm like, well, that's not safe. Child protection. You don't know who's lurking around going to kidnap a kid. That's true. Yeah. The world has changed. The world has changed. But that's also, I mean, but also, I don't know. I feel like that's. That's a different. I mean, not that violence didn't exist at that time, but it does feel like a different, a different time. But I also would worry about like you know we all know that teenagers don't make the best choices. I mean, so for me, I'd be like, well, yeah, what are you all going to go do in the park? I mean, so many things. Well, I was just sitting there waiting for the kids to come back so I can rejoin the group. 
I wasn't doing anything fun or cool. <laughs> but now you're doing the cool, fun things. Sure. So, so educator, teacher. Yes. And then what was the opportunity that got you out of the country? So I, you know, I, I always wanted to work in public schools as well because um, I believe that public schools are the way the world becomes a better place. Mm. And I do believe that education is the way we make the world a better place. Uh-huh. But public schools are hard to grow as an educator. We didn't get any professional development money. I mean, we did, but it was all like within the district. And, you know... You just, it was like my ninth year and I was feeling like I needed a change. And then I found out that there's all these international schools all around the world that do exactly what we're doing here in America, but with resources. Yes. And support. Yes. Uh, So I thought it would be a great opportunity. And it was, it was a great, I had so much professional development, like once I moved overseas. And so what was the first school that you did overseas? So the first school I worked at was a school called Nishimachi International School and that's in Tokyo. Uh Uh-huh. And um, I was there for, I think, eight years. And so I went there as a classroom teacher and I left as a elementary school principal. Oh, wow. Yes. yes. And then after that, you went to? Then I moved to Bangkok. Bangkok. So that's where I am now. And you, built, and you essentially started in that school when it was just a groundbreaking, essentially. So the school in Bangkok, yeah. So we, I came onto the team. They brought on a team um, a year before the school actually opened to students. Wow. So we, but also, yes. you, you are a performer. Uh, you're an actor. <laughs> if, you go on the, if you go on the website and find their film. Yes. Our promo video. Yeah. Yes. You are a student. <laughs> no, I'm not playing a student. I'm not even playing a teacher. It's just my voice. No, but wasn't there also a video thing where you were in a backpack moment? Oh, that was like, like a, not, yeah, that was a video to, you know, COVID precautions video. Oh, copy. That's yes, right. That's yes, right. Okay. It was yes. like a COVID precautions yeah, video. Yeah. Like this is how you're supposed to enter the school to be safe. That was me. That's kind of, that's kind of fun to be a part of. No? Well, not fun. No, it's but not I mean, like there's a In a, a shitty situation, it's fun. Yeah, but it's not a choice. We're not going to, well, we were going to hire professional actors for the school video. And, like, they, and then they got the quote. Well, yeah. And we thought, why are we hiring? So we actually used our real kids, which most schools do. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm actually also um, a student model in the Santiago Canyon College's website and some of their collateral. I don't know if it's still there, but I played an Asian student. What were your qualifications to play an Asian student? I was an Asian student. <laughs> were you there at the school? Yes, I was. Oh. That's funny because you know what? We do that even now with international schools. We'll be like, okay, we need some more diversity in this video, in this shot. We'll look for kids who are of different backgrounds to make sure, yes. Yeah, that's. To represent that. So, okay, kind of speaking on diversity then. Yes. Is during the 2020 surge of like BLM and everything. Yes. What was that experience like being out of the country? Yes. That's a great question. Thank you. Holy cow, Jason. You're a pro. No, that's a great question. I think um, all American politics is it's hard. It's been hard yeah. to live overseas and sort of represent America for the last, you know, last decade. Have you been? The have la- you been telling me you're like, no, I'm locally. Yeah, yeah. I'm from Bangkok. Yeah, it's the last ten years hasn't been great. Um, it's almost because you know you work with a lot of Australians and you know people from England, all sorts of people. And um, it's almost like, well, what do you think about what's happening in America? Like anything that comes up in the news. So um, it it is, I think I've kind of gone through my own journey living overseas. Yeah. How connected I am to what's happening in America. Yeah. So I think it's very easy to turn the TV off or not check Mm -hmm. CNN and sort of 
live in the country that you're living in, which you should do and be aware of what's happening in that country. Yeah. But I think the 2020 was kind of like, I think the whole Trump time too, it was like, I couldn't not be engaged. Yeah. Right. I think when Trump was elected, it was a real wake up call to me because I grew up in California. Yeah. Pretty diverse, liberal thinking. I went to a liberal arts school. I went to Occidental, which yeah. is like, that's where Obama went. And I thought everybody thought that way. So my Facebook feed, I had no idea that that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so then when it happened and people were like, how could that happen? And everybody was talking about how everybody's in their own like tunnel and like, and I was like, oh, I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. So I think, you know, in 2020, especially with the pandemic and we were all working from home, I really like tried to make it a part of my daily routine to make sure I knew what was happening in the U.S. Yeah. And be engaged. But it's, you're, you're sort of removed from it. Yeah. You, you can always, you know, it's a privilege because you can always turn it off and not yeah. pay attention if you don't want to. Do you think that like the conversation is now about diversity, yes. equity, inclusion. Now there's also uh, belonging. Yes. And there's also uh, accessibility. Yes. Um, are those things that existed in Bangkok before you think? Or, like, in your school or in your, like, group? Is that stuff that's already been conversation or is that something that's not there yet? No. I think um, international schools um, are more aware of the need for diversity. Yeah. You know, so the same language that you're hearing, you know, in schools here about having to teach, you know, anti-racism, having to teach a different type of history, um, teach how do you foster your own cultural identity. I think that's becoming more and more valued in the international schools. Like you see, just like you see like diversion, diversion, like inclusion experts, you know, like Uh there's those roles now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's becoming more prevalent in the international schools as well, which is interesting because international schools are very culturally diverse. Right. So like, even if, you know, my school in Tokyo, we did have a lot of Japanese students on paper, but they weren't like they were Japanese lived overseas and now back in Japan, Uh, you know, my school, Thailand, same thing. We have a lot of kids who are half Thai or Thai, but grew up in another country or the parents grew up in another country. So I think the understanding that culture is sort of more nuanced than we used to think it was um, is becoming more prevalent in international schools. And I'm it's pretty late, I think, for international yeah. schools. Well, I think, I don't know, I also think that travel and is, is linked with culture. Yes. And I think the more of that you experience in your life, the more, I think, diverse you get as a per- as, 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 just as a person. So, like, yes. a lot of these experiences that I think people here in the States, or even me personally, like, I didn't start traveling internationally until recently, and now I've kind of caught that bug where, right. like, I want to learn about, right. like, even my own culture. You know, yeah. I felt like I, I got into the being proud of being Asian yeah. so late in, yeah. in, in my life. Because yeah. as you mentioned, like on your feed, in your tunnel, my tunnel, I had not realized that I was very much linked to the problematic tunnel too because yes. a lot of my friends yes. and people that I grew up with were all from like the core city that is, you know, Trump-toting, you know, American flag on their lawn. Yes. And so do you do you think travel should start at a certain age in your life? Like, did you, when's the early, like how, how like when did you start traveling? And because you travel outside of the school. Yes. You also travel every year. Like you go yes. somewhere every year. Before the pandemic. Okay. Yes. Before, yes. She did yes. it all through the pandemic, everybody. She is patient <laughs> no. zero. No, I am not patient zero. <laughs> Although my last trip before it all shut down was to Taiwan, but yeah. it was like really quick. Like it was in February of 2020. Yeah. So 
I was cutting it pretty close there. I mean, your life is fascinating to me because I feel like you get to experience so much, but I also know that you do a lot of work. Well, I think that people always say, like for people living overseas, like, oh, your life is so fascinating. You're, you have such an adventurous spirit, yeah. but I, I don't see it that way at yeah. all. Um, I do like everything that I would do here or what a grown adult is supposed to do. <laughs> I don't always do it. Yeah. Um, but I think th- all that is the same. I just do it in another country. Right. Yeah. And so I don't think that, I think there are some challenges that come with living overseas, which the pandemic definitely brought out. But I think that, um, I do think that traveling, you know, is a way to see, learn more about yourself, more about your culture. But so I, you know, so obviously the international schools I work at, they're very, they're private schools. Yeah. So they're very affluent. Got that money. They have money. Yeah. And so they travel a lot. The kids are well-traveled, uh. right? And so my school in Tokyo, this is before the pandemic, every holiday break, if, you know, you, cause you either leave on the Friday night or the Saturday morning, right? Yeah, so anytime yeah, yeah, yeah. you went to the airport, yeah. you would run into people. At the airport. Oh, got it. So they people are well-traveled in these communities. But I wouldn't say that they have a better understanding of their own culture or the way culture plays a role in their beliefs. Um, I think you have to explicitly learn about that like and think just, about it. Just like, oh God, like you have to make a conscious yes. choice. Yes. Well, I remember that there was also like a surge of when English teachers were being hired from yes. the States to yes. go to Korea. Yes. I remember that was like a very big thing at one point and all international schools were kind of like hungry for non-Asian looking English speakers. Yes. Is that still a thing? I think that that's becoming, I hope that's less of a thing. Yeah. So, so one thing is kind of controversial in the international <gasps> world. Ooh. It's probably not that controversial. But, well, it is actually. So in the U.S., you would never do this. But in, in the international world, it's pretty okay for you to ask your ethnic background and um, your marital status. Like, you, you put that on your resume because it impacts the visa you can get, right? Got so, like, it. you know, schools in the EU want EU passports because it's easier to bring people into the country. Yeah. And it depends, some countries, easier to bring people into the country. So... It's pretty common. Like when I'm looking at resumes, I'm like, ooh, ooh that's going to be a hard – I mean I better go check with HR to see if that's going to be a hard passport to get into Thailand, right? Got it. So it is part of international schools to ask those kinds of questions. Yeah. But one thing that's becoming the controversy now is native English speakers, the term. So it's so you see advertisements for English teachers uh-huh. at various types of international schools. So I would any advice I have for anybody looking into international schools is – like research the international schools because they're yeah. not they're not all created the same, right? But um, they will say I'm, we're looking for a native English speaker. So the question is, who's a native English speaker? Yeah, is that an American accent? Yeah, or British accent? Which are the two accents that people want? So people will say to me, Got it. you know, oh, it's great, you sound Californian, you sound American. Yeah. You know? Like, what's up, dude? <laughs> yeah. What up, what up? <laughs> no, I don't. Actually, I know I sound Californian. Yeah. I, I, I you know, but yeah. that's the, like, that's the accent we, that's the native English that we want to hear. But, so that's what's more profitable. Yes. Because it sounds like somebody who's from the area Correct. teaching that, that. Yes. And are you teaching your students international, like, things like like curriculum yeah that's a great question so our curriculum is based off american standards so the oh. common core so nothing <laughs> nothing not true american schools um everybody you know shits on them but there's a lot of great things happening in the america. crucible the crucible no 
That's no. all I remember. No. <laughs> I was a bad student, though. Again, I'm a bad example. Well, and education has changed a lot since we went to school. How dare you? Well, <laughs> we're old. We have electricity now. And whiteboards instead of chalkboards. <laughs> do, you have digi- do you have a digital board? Oh, those those came and went in in schools. Oh, they they're gone. Yes, now we have screens and oh, use copy. a computer. Got it, got it, yes, got it. Yes, but um, I think that yeah. So, but the only curriculum that we don't use exactly the same is social studies. Obviously, it doesn't matter to a kid in Thailand about colonial America. Mm. It shouldn't be the only history american history we teach in american schools either but <laughs> yeah but it, so you know i think social studies with regards to like the concepts like the way the role that geography plays or the way how economic works economics works yeah um that's similar but we don't use the context of america got it okay well we're gonna take a short break okay. but i have a lot more questions for you okay so stay tuned oh hi there Would you like your commercial on the reality podcast? Please make sure to do it with me. Oh, that's not good. Jason Reed. I was waiting for that. Because you like said it in the same exact way. Please give me your money so I could advertise your business. Commercial. Here. Ad. Do, 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 do. Everyone, thank you for coming back to the reality podcast. You don't have a jingle? That no, brings us excuse back me. In. No, are you going to make one for me? No, that's not my background. I'm an <laughs> educator. <laughs> we don't really have a lot of skills. Do da do do ba. I'm loving it. Oh, I'm going to get sued. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. How about where you won't get a lemon? I wouldn't have got a lemon. No. No. Okay, let's get back to <laughs> let's get back to this nice targeting interview. Nice try. Yeah, I heard, you said you were going to Diane Sawyer me. <laughs> or or Gail you. I want to Gail you. Oh, Gail is such a compassionate a, interviewer. She's a great interviewer. But she learned from Oprah, though. She did. I love them. Do you think they're together? Shouldn't matter. I. That's a great response. Yeah. Shouldn't matter. And it's possible for two people to be in a platonic friendship for a long time. True, but I would like to know. I would like to Maybe know. Maybe they're a thruple. Oh, with Step, Stepman? Stedman. Stedman. No, they they can do they can do whatever they want. Honestly, they can. I mean, she can literally do whatever she She wants. She literally can. Okay, (laughs) and she's really not looking for our approval. If you, (laughs) she is also not my sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) But if she's interested, (laughs) call below. I don't know if there's going to be a number, but (laughs) no, we don't have we don't have the budget for that. We don't have the budget for any text. (laughs) Hold up a sign. (laughs) Okay, so okay, is there? You know, we were kind of talking before we started yes. recording today. And yes. you're so right now, yes. after doing, uh, I mean, God knows what during the pandemic with teaching yes. and how that even, how that whole nightmare was for you, yeah. you're burned out. Yes. If you look up the definition of burnout, I fit every single thing on that bullet point list. What are the definitions of burnout? Well, now you're putting me on the spot. Okay, let me let No, me but that. it's like, um, you know, I'm lethargic, unmotivated. Ooh, five stages of burnout. Okay, tell me what they are. The honeymoon phase. Like a honeymoon phase in a marriage, this stage comes with energy and optimism. Oh, this is a weird list. Hold on. Oh, it's too long. 
too yeah. long. Oh, wait, no, no, here we go. Okay. The honeymoon phase. Yeah. Like the honeymoon phase in a marriage, this stage comes with the energy and optimism. Whether it's starting a new job or tackling a new task, it's common experience satisfaction that okay. leads to periods of productivity and the ability to tap into your creative creative side. Sure. Onset stress onset of stress phase. Event I need to learn how to read, apparently. Okay. <laughs> I'm an educator. <laughs> Actually, you should have read this. Um, the honeymoon phase dwindles and you begin to experience stress. Not every second of the day is stressful, but there are more frequent times when stress takes over. Okay. As this stage begins, take notice of any physical or mental signs. You may start to lose focus. Oh, my God. That's me right now. Yeah. Well, no, that was me like six months ago. Okay. The chronic stress phase is you'll reach a point where the stress becomes more persistent yes. or chronic. Okay. As the pressure mounts, the stress is likely to consistently affect your work. Examples include feeling feelings of apathy, not yes. completing work on time, being late for work or procrastinating during tasks. Okay. So I think, okay, so the problem with all these lists that I have, yeah. okay, is that, um, you know, I'm not going to toot my own horn, but I don't think that the stress of my job has ever really impacted the quality of work. Like I managed to get me things. Too. I managed to get things done because I'm a people pleaser. Oh, me right? too. Right. And me and, too. Yes. And so, and, and I really defined a lot of my identity as a responsible human being because like, I mean, you've known me for a long time. Yeah. I've always been the response. I've been responsible. Yes. Well, you've been responsible, but what's interesting is there's like a level of, of like, um, not even black sheep, but I would say that you're still kind of like a like a badass in the sense that you as somebody who is still very responsible, you are not doing like a traditional path of responsibility. OK. Yeah. OK, sure. Some people. Yes. OK, fine. Yes. Right. Because you live a pretty I mean, it's a pretty. It's well, a, I'm a woman in my 40s. Okay. I'm unmarried. I don't have children and I don't own property. I don't own a car. Yeah. I live overseas. So, yes, in the grand scheme of things, it's just that did I that think. Add to your, did this add to your stress? No, I think, no. I think I, that's, I really, I think I found the lifestyle that, I, like, really yeah. appeals to me. That I love that. I love yeah. my lifestyle. Yeah, I but, love it. But it is stressful. It is stressful, and the pandemic didn't help in terms of, you know, mm -hmm. this feelings of isolation and loneliness. Um, but I think the thing about burnout for me is, and stress is, I, this teaching has always been stressful. Yeah. Always been a stressful from day one. Every teacher is stressed. I mean, you look at the rates of people who quit after first their first year, after three years in. Teachers, it's a hard job. I mean, the idea of having to stand up in front of a classroom of younger kids gives me flashbacks of being bullied. So I don't know if that's something that I I think that would already give me social anxiety right. as it is. Right. But then on top of that, I have to like now teach you something. Well, and you're responsible for their well-being for the time they're in your space, right? Yeah. So, like, you're not just responsible for the knowledge that they're supposed to acquire in the time that you work with them. Yeah. But you're you're really helping them understand, helping them understand the world around them, helping them mm. communicate with each other, you know, negotiating friendships. Like, I feel like a therapist most times when I'm with kids, you know, like, you're like you know, what happened then? What happened yeah. then? <laughs> like, now you tell him how it felt when you, he said that, you know? What grade are you teaching? So I don't teach now. Oh, that's right. You're so, a principal. Yeah. So I don't. And, and that's been interesting, too, because I think that as a leader, I've always taken on the approach of the way I would approach a classroom is the way I approach the team that I work with. Mm. So every child is different in a classroom. They come to us with different needs, different strengths, different interests, different motivations, different, different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And every team I've worked with, that's, I try to, anytime I'm stuck, I'm like, I don't know what I would do in this situation. How should I talk to this person about, you know, whatever it is. 
I always think about how I would work with that person if yeah. they were like in, if it was like a student situation, mm. you know. And of course, it's different when you know they're adults and they're getting paid yeah. to do their jobs. So you have to play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to like you have to be a manager and a leader. And yeah. That's, that's Who are those doing. people that you? <laughs> <laughs> well, remember we said well, there's certain things we wouldn't talk about. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but I, I think the pandemic's been hard on every educator. You know, yeah. like so. You know, like somebody's chronically late. They can be chronically late because they're depressed because they live thousands and thousands of miles away from any mm. support network. Yeah. And, you know, most of the time international schools are support network for people who are in that community. But it's been really hard with a new school and a pandemic. Yeah. So our school doesn't have the same community feel as the school I worked at in Tokyo that was around for 70 years. Got it. Right. Because also everybody kind of started. Yeah. Yeah. We all like I mean, the pandemic was start like so in August. August of 22 was when we opened up to students. Some of our teachers weren't even in the country. Wow. Because, they were all just yeah, with COVID, in. they couldn't come in. And the visa, like, because Thailand shut down. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you get people in the country and to a bunch of international teachers who are used to, like, going home every Christmas or every summer to tell them, like, you can't leave. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was really hard. And then if you have a family that has the, its own challenges, but if you're alone, you know, and I had moved there. It had been six months when the pandemic hit. So I was like, really, like, what, why? It, you start to question, like, why am I living in Bangkok, <laughs> working from my apartment? Like, you know, and you can't, you can't, you know, enjoy any of the benefits that you yeah. get from living overseas. Yeah. Which is travel and, you know, experiencing a different culture. Um, so I think... I don't even know what we were talking about. Well, just kind of where you're at right now <laughs> mentally, oh, I think. Oh, burnt out. Yeah, you're burnt out. Yeah, so I'm a, I am like to call myself a high-functioning, burnt-out human being. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, I think a lot of yes. our listeners, like, yes. we all feel that. Yes, and I think the difference with me, too, is that, like, I became a teacher when I was so straight out of undergrad. I went to grad school, and then I went straight into teaching. So I, it, I never had a break. You never had a wild, like— Era of time? Yeah. No. Like I call it my hoe phase. No, I didn't think I had a My hoe phase actually never ended. Just kidding. <laughs> I wish I had a hoe phase. <laughs> like, you know what? It's like bad girls clubbing it and like fighting in the clubs, you know? Yeah, no, I wasn't fighting in any clubs. Yeah. I was probably. That's why th- you're the principal. <laughs> I was probably there at the clubs and going, you- Jason, we <laughs> have to go. Let's go smoke. <laughs> cigarettes, people, cigarettes. <laughs> And then when I like, used to smoke cigarettes and then we used to like joke around and then you'd be like, I don't know why I was so mad because I don't know. As I'm like wiping my tears away, <laughs> my tequila tears. <laughs> and then we go get pizza. We'd get a slice of pizza. I would never eat pizza. Anyways, <laughs> moving on. OK, what do you think is OK? So so burnout. Yes. Burnout with burnout. Do you how are you? So what are you doing right now? I mean, you obviously traveled back here. Yes. Yes. So are, what are you, is there like a plan to help figuring out the burning out thing? Like, are there things that you do to kind of unplug when you are feeling so much stress and anxiety? I think the reason why I know I'm burnt out and it's time for me to take a little bit of a break from my edu- career in education yeah. is that I don't have the energy to do those self-help things mm-hmm. that I did before. What so, were they? So I think, I mean, being a principal's any, being any kind of leader. I don't even understand what a principal honestly does other than like walk around like. Oh, it's it's crazy. Every time it, I used to say the minute you leave your office, anybody you walk into needs something from you. So it could be sign this receipt. You know, we bought lettuce for the caterpillars in our classroom. and We need to get reimbursed. 
So it goes from that. I walk 10 steps and it's like, oh, so-and-so is acting up again. Can you just chat, chat, check within, in with them? You know, like I know you talked to them last time. They just need to have a conversation. So I'm talking to a kid. You know, teachers coming up to me and saying, oh, you know, my cat's really ill. I'm, not, I'm really like my brain is not in the right space. What can I do? You know, can I go home early? Well, any teacher that goes home or is not in school that day, the class has to be covered. Yeah, by right? a substitute teacher. Right. So then I have to find coverage or make sure someone. Which was movie day. Yeah. No, is that not all well, public schools? You really hope that, you know, educators take the time to leave some sub plans. Um, but sometimes Clearly they don't. I was educated correctly. Well, in educate, I mean, you know, emergencies happen. So, yeah. um, and I totally understand, you know, the need to put on a video. Like, I, I was. I, the last day of school, I was walking around. This is just a, like a couple of weeks ago. And the kids were doing something. This is like, a fi- like the kids were five years old. And I'm like thinking, wow, like you're actually trying to do something on the last day of school. Why not just play a movie and what? Like yeah. eat potato chips. That's okay. Yeah. She's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah. What were they doing? They were doing some like letter activity. It was still fun. It's five-year-old. Yeah. You know, it's not like they were doing worksheets, but. That sounds, uh, that sounds grueling worksheets letters oh <laughs> i think it was the letter g <laughs> so you are burned out burnt out do you have an idea of what's next for you yet something not in a school yeah i think i mean I, and i like this is what i get nervous about talking about it is because i don't want people to think that i'm not or anyone to think that i'm not Dedicated, passionate yeah. about the Plight of education, right? Yeah. So, like, I don't know if you know this. I'm also working on my doctorate. Yeah. No. Well, I've is been it, trying is, is to a work. Doctorate, like a big. I've been trying to write, to write for the last. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a been, book, right? You have to write a book. Yeah. So the writing part is taking a long time, Ugh. right? And and it's because I'm not like motivated. Well, it's it's just hard to like. But I'm I care about pe- like education. I care about yeah. the role it plays in a society, especially like anytime you hear about something terrible, you think. You know, what could have, what, how could it have been different if we could get our schools yeah. together? Like, you know, gun reform? Gun, yeah. You know, but also in Thailand, is that even a. But there's other issues. And I mean, every country has issues, right? Yeah. So you think about, like, you know, just even attention to mental health, you yeah. know, like, you know, or even just like the acceptance of diversities or different families or, I mean, that, that kind of prejudice is everywhere. Yeah, and you're like, totally. you just think, like, if schools could get their acts together or educators, you know, we could do a better job. And but I think that that kind of thinking has caused the burnout because sometimes like when you work in a school, you work with a lot of kids and families. And I've always felt that working with families is important, mm-hmm. um, necessary. You can't just work with a kid. It's frustrating when you feel like you care more about the child than their parents. Mm. And as a person in their mid 40s that's decided not to have their own children. Yeah, I feel like. Why did you choose to bring life into the world when you are not capable or willing to do the work that it takes to raise them into being a functioning and empathic human being? Wow. So I get tired. So I'm tired. Yeah. You know, and it, it's because I take things too seriously. Yeah. It's because you care. Well, but, you know. It's because you care. I do care. But I think that that's the thing that, you know, the work that people have to do is to care about their work. I mean, you. It, like you brought up Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, any kind of thing like you, you it's OK to care, but you also have to know not to be so empathic and care that it's 
depleting you. Correct. Well, and that's, that's, I mean, that's a universal thing that we talk about on this podcast, especially yes. with the business that I'm in yeah. and the, the fact that I do not know how to kind of separate my, to have that boundary right. with my clients. Yeah. Because again, same thing as you're like saying these about your students, I yeah. feel the same way about families that I work with. Yeah. And also how much I end up caring about my couple right. or caring about my client. And again, nine out of 10 times, I'm the only one that cares yeah. that deeply about that specific item. Yeah. And so it's been, and now I'm kind of being like, oh my God, we are so similar. And we're in very similar situations where I, whenever I talk about like being exhausted or not wanting to be a planner for the rest of my life, it has nothing to do with um, not loving what I'm doing. Right, right, right. But it is, it is, it is depleting me. Well, it's the toll that it takes on you. Yes. And yes. and I look back on the history of my life and, yeah. and, you know, where I fell into, you know, the addiction and all these different things that yep. now I'm finally finding the time or, or allowing myself to have the time to take care of myself for right. so many years. Right. I just gave and gave and gave. And now I'm, I'm, I'm like making up for all these deficits that I have right. in my, in my soul. Like, do you, do you think you were doing the same thing or were you always able to kind of still at the end of the day add that boundary and say like okay this is my job this is the extent I can care and I have to still take care of myself I, I think it's I've learned to do it better yeah but I don't think it's a hundred percent yeah I think I mean obviously when I taught here in public schools it was different because you're like you know if I didn't pick these kids up to take them to the winter concert they couldn't go and perform in the choir that they'd been practicing for weeks, yeah, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. it felt more, um, you know, like, when I think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs and you're, like, the food, shelter, water. What's and that? So, like, Maslow's hierarchy of needs is, like, it's a pyramid, right? At uh -huh. the bottom, it's, like, food, shelter, water, like, things that you have to have settled before you think about the other things. And at the very top is, like, there's different pyramids, but it's, like, self-realization or self-actualization or fulfillment you see at the oh. top of the pyramid. And you can't have all those until you take care of each of the steps on the hierarchy of needs. So when you move to a new country, the advice I always give is, like, take care of the food, shelter, water, and Wi-Fi. <laughs> and, you know, then, then you know, find friends or, you know, like, yeah. you know, and, and it's Make like, community. yeah, you have to do those things before you can, you know, work your way to that the top of the pyramid. But, like, I think when I worked in public schools, it felt like that was more basic needs that I was helping kids with or families with yeah. because they were in a less privileged situation. Um, working in private schools, you're like, oh, I'm busting my butt, you know, trying to make sure kids say thank you to the people in the cafeteria when, you know, and I know it's a little thing, yeah. but it bothers me that like, yeah. you know, but they're not, yeah, they're, yeah but they're not right. learning that right. at home. Yeah. And in Thailand, um, the community that I work with now I mean, you, like each kid has a nanny and then the family has drivers, you know, they have a staff of people. Wow. And that bothers me even more that they can't say thank you to the people in the cafeteria, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and the people who clean up after them. And so I, I just start to think like, why am I getting so upset and annoyed at this? Yeah. Because then my thinking starts to become, well, that's wrong with society these days, yeah. you know, and like, you know, it's their education. And, and I think that I, I, and the reason why I care that I want to still be in education is like, you know, like you're talking about taking care of yourself and setting those boundaries. Cause you have to set those boundaries because no one else is going to set yeah, them. No, right. No, we should have been taught that. And so I there and there's this is the thing is I go back and forth a lot about how much I wish I finished school. Yeah. Because I always have these fears in my mind about what discipline it would have taught me 
to finish school. Because again, I I never finished school. So there's always this like link to like, well, if I had finished school, what have I learned a little bit more about those things? But then as I talk to my friends that have all graduated, have yeah. masters, like are, you know, PhDs, whatever, everyone kind of continues to tell me that that's not. No, you don't learn discipline. I mean, you so clearly life. have discipline. Yeah. Like you have your own business. Like yeah. you're a functioning adult. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think we're taught that. You know, school is the only place we learn discipline. Yeah. You know, and I think like for me, coming from like Asian American parents who immigrated to uh, to America, I learned discipline from them. Yeah. Right. And the value of hard work and responsibility and things like that. What I didn't learn is how to like take care of yourself. Yeah. That's the part that I think, and maybe that's also the link of being Asian. Yeah. Asian, you know, yeah. having Asian immigrant parents. Yeah. Is they didn't have the bandwidth to do it. They didn't have the resources. Just like you said in that yeah. pyramid, they yeah. had, were too busy food working shelter, on yeah. food shelter and water. My parents had to, we have, I have two brothers. Yeah. They had to raise three kids and make sure that we didn't end up, you know, we knew what we were doing. Yeah. Um, you know, we probably still don't know what we're doing. But <laughs> I mean, does anybody, honestly? I mean, I think people who say they do. Yeah. It does make lying. me feel, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It does make me feel better knowing that a principal feels burned out. <laughs> I mean, and, and I think that's the thing is that everybody is feeling like I I am not the only like person that feels this way. Yeah. Right. And like, and that's why I just think like I need a break before I start to resent the work that I care so much about. Yeah. Right. Like. You know, I, I mean, it's a yeah. passion that, and I think that's something too that happens, especially in the creative field. Right. It's like your passion. Like when we did that charity event yeah. in 2009, yeah. like I was so excited right. to be a part of something, right. to give back, yeah. but to also like create an experience and event for people right. and also celebrate uh, yeah. one of your good friends who yeah. passed. Yeah. And so like, I realized that energy is gone. Like right. that, the joys that I still get joys in what I do, but right. it does feel like work versus right. before it felt right. like pure. And I think that's okay. Yeah. Right. Like I think, and, and I think that it's okay to like, if I, if I approached every school year with the same enthusiasm as I did the very first time I started teaching, yeah. it'd be weird. Right. Like I couldn't <laughs> keep that up. Yeah. I think what I haven't been able to do is like fill up, the rest of what fulfills me in life outside of, outside outside of, of work, right? Yeah. So I think, you know, it, it's it's not, I was going to say quarter-life crisis, but it's not. Well, it's I mean, mid-life I mean, but, crisis. But maybe that makes sense because it, you're saying <laughs> this pyramid is that you have to work yeah. through all these stuff. Right. So now you're getting to that top right. level. Right. So, I mean, right. and again, if you think about the nature of even a pyramid in the right. sense that there's, it's work to get to the top of this mountain. Yeah. yeah. I think that's maybe where we're at now is that we have the ability yeah. and the, uh, I mean, again, it's a privilege to be able to even take the time to say, okay, well, oh, yeah. what, what do we want now? Well, and you know, my mom, my mom was always like, you guys have so much choice in your life, you know? And I'm like, yeah. that's what's burning us out, mom. <laughs> like it's the choice, you know? And I think like, uh, and I, I just, and, but now, so, and I think it, when you're younger and earlier in your career, you're really trying to prove yourself, yeah, right? And you're, you're trying to prove to others, but also to yourself that like, this is a good career path. Yeah. You're good at what you're, you do. Yeah. I no longer feel the need to con- continue to work and bust my ass to convince myself that I'm a good educator or I'm a good leader. Oh, right? wow. But the other thing about being a leader that's hard is that I also have to model what I want with my team. And 
I'm finding it incredibly hard to tell people like, hey, check, stop checking your emails after like when you will leave campus, like we don't work in a life and death job. So there's really no need for you to be checking your emails late at night to respond to parents to say that, oh, Johnny can't swim tomorrow. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not that time sensitive, you yeah. know. And so, you know, I've always made it a point to like I still work outside of hours, but I'll never send emails. I'll like hold them all. Yeah. Send and then later. they all send later at yeah. seven o'clock because yeah, you know, yeah. that's our t- start time. But it becomes hard to tell, like, my people on my team, they're like, you know, I'm feeling really burnt out, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, yeah, well, you know, find time for yourself. You have to make yourself a priority. You have to do this. You know, what is it that brings you joy and yeah. fulfillment? And every time I'm asking these questions, I'm like, who the hell is, like, doing it for me? Yeah. Right? And so because that's what principals do. We well, That's what principals that I would like, a principal that I would like to be would do. Walk around. Yeah. Check in if someone's not having a good day or if someone's having going through a tough time in their lives or guess what? COVID, you know, it's hard. Yeah. You know, you want a, a school environment where the adults also are taken care of as well. Yeah. And, you know, I play an important role in that, I hope. But it's hard to do that when you yourself, like, you know, like, what, yeah. what is it that I'm doing? But that's, so, <laughs> but that's exactly, I think, how a lot of even, like, I mean, I feel that definitely because, again, my job is to perfect and yes. refine something. Yeah. So I'm constantly like, having present to like, it. present yes. it in this beautiful yes. experience yes. and blah, blah. But it's like I'm also grieving inside because yes. I'm broken yeah. and all the things. So I think that's maybe what the pandemic has allowed for everybody is that we yeah. all had the moment to stop. And now we're in this in this say position. We're burnt out. Yeah. yeah. But it's an exciting conversation to have. And I think it's really, it, it's, it's actually exciting for me to hear that with you because I feel like I have never heard you say that. I've never really heard you say like, or even, even like look into it enough to even now not know. So I think it's kind yeah. of exciting for you. Well, and it, but it's scary. So this is, this is what I was, well, this is what I was trying to tell you earlier when you told me to stop talking and save it for the podcast. <laughs> Um, I think one of the things that's been hard is so before I left for summer vacation, so yeah. I live in a world where I had a summer vacation. And before I left, um, one of the school investors was like, I want you to really think about because I've told them I'm resigning after the next yeah. academic year. And they were like, we really want you to think about that. Reconsider it. Well, and I was like, well, first of all, you should never talk to any educator about making life decisions in June. Yeah. Burnt. Like even if you weren't already burnt out, you're yeah. burnt out in June. You're ready for the summer. And um but, you know, and in a, it, like my first instinct was to feel good yeah. that they wanted me to stay. Like I felt wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And then, but I was like, but no, I've like made this decision to take time for myself. I don't know what that time's going to look like. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I'm going to sustain myself. But it's scary to think about going from like employed and comfortable yeah. to, I don't know, what am I going to do? And I know we talked about I was going to work at Target, but I realized I don't think I can work at Target. I mean, I you you were like falsely saying how life. Yeah. At that time, that was a it was an interesting conversation. I think you were buzzed. But it, I wasn't. We were buzzed off of noodles. Shabu shabu. Shabu shabu. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So, what do you think? Um, what do you think? Okay, do we have time for this? What's our timing at right now? Did you start it? What was that? Did you start the time? I did, but it's already blinking red. But I, I have how, a few questions I want to – How much time is left, does it say? Well, it's, it's at zero now. Uh, let me check. Will you check? I think we're going to have to break one more time because I do want to ask a few more questions. Oh, uh, yeah. We got time. Are we out of time? How much time? 
Two okay, perfect. Okay. Okay. I'll talk really fast. As I as I typically ask on every episode, what yes. what do you think is your biggest actually let me ask two questions. In two minutes? Mr. Feeney. Yes, from Boy Meets World. Good principle, bad principle. He cared about he cared about the kids. Is Good that principle. you? Are you Mr. Are you Mr. Fe- are you Miss Feeney? He cared about the kids and he was firm with people. Okay. Yeah, probably. He built relationships. I don't know how his relationships with the teachers yeah. were. Hopefully he's not problematic either, but he died. I think he died this year, right? He oh, died. really? And he wore sweater vests. Yeah, Boy Meets World. Check it out, Mr. Yeah. Feeney. Okay, number two. What is your biggest misconception? About myself? Yes. Oh, I know what it is. Yes. Um, I think because I'm loud, uh-huh. people think I'm, and I'm, and I'm fairly outgoing, people think I'm an extrovert. Oh, I'm not. Yeah. You, uh, you, and I learned you do not like hugging. I'm not a hugger. Yes. No. But you hug me every time. Well, Okay. Cherish it. <laughs> okay, last question. What do you love about yourself? Uh, ooh. Um, I didn't know you were going to ask me this. I mean, it's funny that I said oh, I'm not an extrovert. I, I do think I have good relationships with people. Yeah. You know, and I think that that being an introvert and being able to, like, have good relations and connections with people. Yeah. That, that's an accomplishment, I think, that I think you have to... I have to give myself props for yeah, which is hard to do. I do have to say I have loved every conversation we've had ever from like our Facebook chats. Yeah. And you were so present for me during the pandemic, even well, though we I had. I was also home and on a different time I know, zone. but I just, I, I just want to thank you for that. And mm-hmm. I am so grateful that you came on the podcast today. It's my first podcast. I know, yay. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Do I have um, a career in podcasting Maybe. Now? I mean, you're going to start getting into voiceover, so who knows? Yeah. Well, listen. You can add this I, to your reel. I'll have to come back to the follow-up show when yes. I figure out what I'm going to do about my burnout. Yes. We, we're, we're, we will be eager and w- and willing to know like, what you're doing now. How to come overcome burnout for educators. Yes. There we go. There we go. I'm writing a book. Well, thank you so much again for coming, and uh, I'll... That's probably made the sound all my way. No, it's fine. We like it. Sorry. Bye, everybody. Bye. Ooh, wait. Don't go yet. Make sure you subscribe and like and follow and transfer me via Venmo. Thanks for listening.